We're so glad that you're listening to the Branches Podcast. If you're in the Houston area, we'd love to see you in person at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more information, go to brancheshtx.org. We hope this message helps you draw closer to God and that you hear the good news that you belong. Thanks for listening. to see all y'all this morning. Welcome. Uh, if we haven't met before, my name is Colin. I'm the pastor here at Branches, and we're just uh, delighted to welcome you to this place uh, and to just to be in community together. As Josh was praying, uh, we're in a series now uh, for two weeks called Life Together, uh, and that title is taken from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who's a German theologian, wrote a book called Life Together, very short but really heavy, weighty uh, ideas about what it means to be in community. What is community? How do we live life together? Because really that's what the Christian community is calling us to. There is no solitary Christian. There is no individual person that follows Jesus. There's a we in following Jesus. And so that's what we're gonna talk about for the next two weeks is how do we do that together? How do we ensure that we're not going it alone, that we're not in isolation, that we're in community together in, in groups, in gatherings, and having tacos on the lawn, and, and really just coming on Sunday morning and coming to the table as a sign of community, as a sign of, of rubbing shoulders with one another, seeing each other, serving together, and growing together in the likeness of Jesus. And so we're glad that you're here for that as we, we talk about that for the next two weeks, and then we make our way to Lent, the season right before Easter, which we're really excited about. We're going to be reading through the book of Mark together. So uh, excited to do that with you as a community. Uh, and as you're here this morning, especially if you're a first-time guest, I want to ask if you would check in. Let us know that you're here in the interest of community, in the interest of us getting to know each other, connecting with one another, letting you uh, know what's going on in the life of the church uh, so we can uh, invite you to be part of that. And so you get on the email list and uh, follow us on social media just to get connected to let us know that you are here today. And if it's, again, if it's your first time here today, I have a gift for you and love to meet you after the service today. Uh, I had a mentor and a friend of mine tell me that the number one thing people look for when they're shopping for a church, maybe that's you today, you're looking for a community to be in, is not necessarily the sermon, though it helps if it's good, <laughs> and maybe not necessarily the building or the aesthetic of the place, but if you kind of vibe with it, that's good too, but it's the people. It's the community that you meet. It's the people that hands you the cup of coffee or the person that greets you and smiles at you, hopefully, when you walk in the door. It's the person that asks you for the, your name or asks you if you need help getting somewhere, if you need some help finding the restroom or childcare, anything like that. It's the people. And so I wanted to test this theory, and I gotta be frank, I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole uh, reading uh, church reviews on Google uh, and found some absolutely beautiful things on the internet. Uh, one of which was there are zero reviews for branches. So I don't know. Uh, I mean, give, give us one if it's in the four to five range. Uh, would love that. We'll talk about coercion here in a little bit. Uh, here's one that I found that I loved, and I am deleting the names of people or the names of the churches to protect them. That's so nice of me. Uh, this one-star review was written a month ago about a church in our city. Attended one service, and after that, I'm convinced that if Jesus were to do an episode of Undercover Boss, that he'd not only fire the pastor, but he'd shut the entire thing down. Unwelcoming, ungodly. Woof. And it can't be branches, because we have no reviews. So uh, this one is great. Another one-star review. I kind of like the simplicity of this one. It just says, no. <laughs> Another church in our city, great. This is also a church in our city, and I actually know the pastor of this one, so I had to share it with him. I think it's very funny. Uh, <laughs> buckle up. 
I would never go to this church just based on the church's shuttle driver that flipped us off when he nearly hit us while reckless driving on the feeder of I-10. <laughs> I am not saying I don't have road issues from time to time, but come on. <laughs> you, all capital letters, you represent the church when driving their vehicle. One star. Uh, <laughs> there are five star reviews, of course, of these places, but of course I wanted to see the one star reviews. Um, my mentor was right, it's about the people <laughs> and their conduct. And I kept looking to the five star, four star reviews are like, I was so warmly welcomed. I loved the smiling faces. I, I felt like I belonged there, I could fit in there. I can't wait to go back. I can't wait to tell my friends about this place. I was visiting from out of town and I was only here one Sunday, but I felt like I was right at home. It's about the people. And I think we can all resonate with that in some way, not just at a, a church, but in a restaurant or some other gathering place or maybe some organization we wanna be a part of. We're looking for a place where we can be with other people and not necessarily people who are just like us, but people we can vibe with if we wanna put it that way or people we can talk to or learn from or even if they're different from us, grow with. We want people who are kind that aren't gonna give us the finger on the feeder road to I-10. <laughs> I mean, people that are gonna welcome us in and be kind to us. I think we all resonate with that to some degree. Uh, Landon, my wife, shared this uh, video of Helena Bonham Carter. Uh, Bellatrix was strange for you Harry Potter weirdos in the room. Um, reading this poem, uh, really, uh, really beautiful uh, poem. It's by Danusha, Danusha Lamaris. Uh, it's called Small Kindnesses. And uh, it says this, and I think it really reflects that idea of, of being with other people. I've been thinking about the way when you walk down a crowded aisle, people pull in their legs to let you by. Or how strangers still say bless you when someone sneezes, a leftover from the bubonic plague. <laughs> Don't die, we are saying. And sometimes when you spill lemons from your grocery bag, someone else will help you pick them up. Mostly we don't wanna harm each other. We want to be handed our cup of coffee hot and to say thank you to the person handing it, to smile at them and for them to smile back for the waitress to call us honey when she sets down the bowl of clam chowder and for the driver in the red pickup truck to let us pass. We have so little of each other now, so far from tribe and fire. Only these brief moments of exchange, what if they are the true dwelling of the holy? These fleeting temples we make together when we say, here, have my seat. Go ahead, you first. I like your hat. We have so little of each other. But when we have these small interactions with one another, as uh, the poet just said, it's a dwelling place of the holy. If we notice it, that small exchange, that little kindness, that smile that brightened up our day that we really needed to be brightened up, that positive word or encouragement when we really needed encouragement, that seat when we really needed a place to sit down, we bump into each other, inevitably, and it helps if we're kind, <laughs> and it helps if we're generous, and it's, it helps if we're gracious, and it helps when we, we know and we learn that we can only live life together if we can really try to live life together. Not spitefully making room for someone even though you don't think they deserve the room, or uh, maybe moving over begrudgingly because you really like that seat, or smiling because you have to, but because you desire it for yourself to treat others as you wish to be treated, to live life together with others even if you don't know them. I think the Bible has a lot to say about this. 
I think the Psalms are a great place then to point to because uh, as one theologian said, the Psalms are the topography of the soul. That is the highs and the lows, the map, the mountains, the valleys, the lakes inside of us. And the Psalms map all of that out in the interior lives we all live. So that's what the scripture is today is a short psalm. If you're thinking about memorizing scripture as a spiritual practice, this wouldn't be a beautiful one to memorize. Psalm 133. So we're going to read that today. Hear this from the 133rd Psalm. It says this. How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down upon the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down over the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord ordained his blessing, life forevermore. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, how good and pleasant it is to be in your presence. How good and pleasant it is to be with one another. How good and pleasant it is to come to this table to sing and lift our voices, to share a meal on the lawn, to see each other's faces, to experience your goodness, your beauty, your love, who you are in Jesus Christ for each one of us. Remind us in this moment, in every moment, your goodness, your pleasantness, your spirit, your presence with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This psalm uh, can be classified in two ways. One as wisdom, which we wanted to succinctly define it in some way. Wisdom is how do we live the good life? It's giving guidance for like how we live a good life. And there's really one piece of advice in this psalm. That is for kindred to live together in unity. For a family to live together as one. And it helps to know a little bit of historical background here that when, when people would maybe pray this psalm or maybe even sing it, put to music, that they would be ascending to the temple together. They'd be ascending to the place of worship together. And they'd be coming from disparate places. Not just geographically, but from their attitude or what just happened to them or cultural background. There are these tribes of people would ascend to the temple together and they would sing this song and they would say to each other, maybe having not seen each other in a while, maybe being perfect strangers, how good and pleasant it is for us, for these kindred to live together in unity. That word unity is like this verb form of to be made one together. Multiple things made one. How good and pleasant it is. And again, it's an ascent too, it's a song, it's a, a kind of directive of we're going to this place together and something is going to happen there. Two things happen in this song. One, uh, it says that good and pleasant experience of being together, though we're different, though we see differences in one another, in one another though we come from different places, it's like two different things. One, uh, it's like having oil poured all over your head. Uh, which I think is more of like a subjective preference. Uh, maybe some people really like that. As I kind of thought about it, I was like, I don't think I like that very much. Uh, but it's a pleasant thing in the Bible. So it's in the Bible. So we got to be like, okay, I like it. You know, I agree now. Uh, <laughs> the oil is poured all over this man's head. And it's not just any man. And it's not just any guy's beard. It's Aaron's beard. And maybe you don't know who Aaron is, but Aaron is in the story of the Exodus and is walking alongside Moses as God is delivering these slaves from Egypt to the promised land. And if you read Aaron's story, it's again that topographic picture of some high highs and some really low lows. But one of those high highs is that God chooses Aaron for this people to be one of their priests. 
what a priest is, just really functionally, really simply, is this. The priest bridges the gap between this holy God and this messed up wandering people. He stands in between. And there's this scene in the Old Testament of Aaron being anointed with oil. God commands Moses to pour oil on his head. He says, I've chosen this guy, Aaron, to be my bridge, one of my bridges between you and me. And so this oil is a moment that these people in singing the song would have recalled and would have told them a few things. How good and pleasant it is for us to live in unity. It's just like that time that God decided to bridge the gap between us and him. It's just like this extravagant love that's, that's poured out in oil. We know the story of Jesus where this woman comes and she dumps out this expensive jar of perfumed oil all over his feet and all over her hair and is washing his feet. It's like that. It's, it's this abundant, beautiful moment of God's choosing love for us. That's how good and pleasant it is. If you like oil or not, that's what it means. How good and pleasant it is for, for, for kindred to live in unity. And likewise, it's like the dew of Hermon. Uh, Mount Hermon is the highest peak in the area. And the dew would come and it symbolized then that the water would rush down in every cardinal direction to all the places around it. And it would be the provision, the source, the life for every people group. And for them on Mount Zion, for the chosen people, for the Jews in Jerusalem, that dew would flow down to them. How good and pleasant it is for us to live in harmony. It's like that choosing moment in Aaron, God's abundant love and, and, and choosing love for us. And likewise, it's that, it's that dew, it's that life that comes from the highest peak, this holy place where God is and he's given us his blessing, life forevermore. You're an honored guest when oil is poured on your head. You're chosen to be a bridge between uh, God and the world. It marks a, a, a belonging of a people group into a family. It, it bridges the gap between the divine and the human life. It's this high point, like the point, uh, the tip of Mount Hermon all the way down to us, and it flows down in every direction in provision. There's this gravity, this force of gravity from what God offers into all the world packed into just these three verses, how good and pleasant it is. And it's like these two very specific things from the people who sang the song from their story. And all of this, pointing back to the first verse, all of this is good. How good all of this is. The Hebrew word for good is tov, T-O-V. Great word to know. And if you look back in Genesis 1, God creates all this stuff and then he calls it tov, good. And then when things are kind of messed up, when they have the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, of tov and ra, good and evil, God is trying to point then for the rest of history, people back to tov, to good, to the completeness. Tov in it is not just like, oh, that's good, as we kind of say it colloquially, but original intent, the way God intended the world to be. So again, packed into the Psalm is how good, how, how God originally wanted the world to be is what it's like to be in unity together as a family. It points back to the beginning. It points back to the source. It points back to the way God intended humanity to live out their life, life together. There's this really wonderful book. Uh, Scott McKnight is a Bible scholar and uh, he has a book called A Church Called Tove. And his call in the book is to point churches back to the good, to God's original intent for the church, for it to be good and pleasant, for it to be like the oil poured on Aaron's head or the, the dew of provision rushing down from Mount Hermon. And he's pointing it back. And, and the, the book is sourced from uh, some really painful things that have happened in the life of the church. 
that he and his co-authors did a lot of research in understanding church hurt and church trauma, where people had been harmed by and abused by and silenced by and hurt by the church. And he says, we gotta get back to the tove. We gotta get back to the good life. We gotta get back to how good and pleasant it is for us to be in unity and not how uncomfortable and awful it is to be together in unity. I first wanna say before I share kind of these two sides of Tove uh, from Scott McKnight that it takes a tremendous amount of bravery and courage and risk maybe for your own reputation or for your own community or for your own friendships to say to or about a church, you hurt me. And I know there's people in this room that have been hurt by the church. Um, and part of this life together is for pastors and churches and Christian organizations to say, we messed up and we're sorry and we're gonna make it right. And we want it to be Tove again. So here's what he says. He says, Tove churches, Tove communities, good and pleasant, like in the Psalm communities, prioritize people over institutions. We know each other's names, we know each other's stories, and we forsake all else for that community to happen around one another. Aaron is named here, Aaron has a story. Aaron is a flawed person and God chose him to be the bridge between humanity and himself. A Tove church, a Tove community prioritizes the people and their stories over preserving some sort of structure around them. Tove communities pick truth over falsehood every time. This, the priestly role is not just to bridge the gap between the divine world and the human world, but also to tell the truth. Tove communities prioritize empathy over narcissism. I think that's a pretty easy one. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we all want empathy over narcissism. But we heard so many stories, and if you read Scott's book, um, churches that said, really, this is about us, and though you were hurt, we can't possibly empathize with your experience because it could destroy what we've built. Church communities, Tove communities, prioritize empathy, knowing each other's story and feeling that story with you and crying with you and mourning with you and walking alongside you with you um, over narcissism. Tove communities choose grace over power. It's so funny to like see people talk about like, we need like really bold, strong church leadership. And, and we're gonna point to our primary leader is this man who was humiliated and crucified on a cross. Gave of himself and chose grace over power. He's like, he even says on the cross, I, I could call down angels and destroy all of this and I'm not going to. The way I'm gonna win is by giving of myself. Grace over power. Tove communities choose what's right over what's convenient or loyalty. You, that's what justice is. is we, we choose to, the inconvenient thing if it's the right thing to do over the con convenient wrong thing to do. And last, uh, a Tove community uh, is a community of servants, not celebrities. There's one celebrity. His name is Jesus. None of us are him. <laughs> And a Tove community points to him, rises to the mountain as the people in the Psalms do, and point to him and say, anything I have, if there's any goodness in me, if there's, if there's any opportunity for me to be gracious or kind, I've learned it from him. How good and pleasant it is to learn from him, to apprentice under him, to walk behind him. How good and pleasant it is. The question for us when we talk about what it means to live life together at Branches is, okay, on Sunday, let's just imagine that when we come into this place, we're ascending somewhere. We're lifting our spirits and our hearts and our eyes and our voices to apprehend and understand and praise this God who is other than we are, and then we leave. And the thing that sometimes keeps me up at night is like, what am I sending people out with? <laughs> 
What's flowing down from this place that when people go out there and they're identified with branches, are they the shuttle driver giving people the finger? <laughs> are they kind? Are they generous? Are they compassionate? Are they learning to be more like Jesus? Or uh, as Tom has shared with me before, this kind of worry of, am I just getting things out of my notebook into their no- notebook? Quips, quotes, even scripture memorization, theological ideas, or am I giving them the likeness of Jesus? Not for me, maybe for me sometimes, hopefully, (laughs) but also from the stories of Jesus, from the one who prayed this very Psalm, how good and pleasant it is. And that's what we're gonna talk about next week too, is how we're gonna live into that good and pleasant tove life as a community. So I've, I've thought of some things, that if I were to write my own psalm about branches, an aspirational one, for me to say how, how good and pleasant it is. Well, I, I can't do oil or a beard. Um, I've tried, <laughs> uh, it's not happening. So I had to turn some other avenues. We have some good stuff going on here that I think point to that good, tove, pleasant life. How good and pleasant it is for kindred, for us disparate, different people to gather together on Sunday morning it's kind of like tacos on the lawn. It's kind of like maybe moving from this city and going to another church and not having to heal from trauma from having been here. It's kind of like knowing and acknowledging another's difference and not smoothing it over, but serving alongside and learning from one another. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like this table where bread and cup are intermingled in us to, to remind us of God's grace and mercy for us. It's kind of like a prayer wall where we can see the hearts of the people we worship with. It's kind of like a quiet space where babies can make noise and also be present in worship. It's kind of like sharing a cup of coffee in the lobby and making Carrie nervous that nobody's coming to church today, but they're all out there, which is great. It's kind of like that. It's kind of like a place that's really easy to attend because we don't put up pretenses or obstacles for you to come here. It's kind of like a place that you can come and you're unsure if you believe it or not, but there's something about it that's magnetic. It's kind of a place that is kind of scrappy and just has to roll with it sometimes. It's kind of a place where we can light a candle that burns in remembrance of the people who've been baptized here. It's kind of like seeing a friend come back to church who hasn't been in a while because they were harmed by another place. It's kind of like being able to sing that song with fresh eyes and a new voice that you you used to hear it and it would hurt you and now it lifts you up. It's kind of like that. How good and pleasant it is for kindred to live in unity on, on Monday mornings at Abide, to grow in their knowledge and wonder in scripture as they read and study together. It's kind of like Tuesday mornings where manly men gather and some of them share maybe they don't feel so manly sometimes, but they can pretend on Tuesday mornings. (laughs) and have tacos together and drink coffee and share in vulnerability the things they're, they're not able to share with other people. It's kind of like triads that meet during the week that start out really awkward and then become this touchstone and cornerstone in people's lives to learn more how to live and love like Jesus. How good and pleasant would that place be? That's a place I'd wanna go to. That's a community I would give my life to. That's the sort of people that I would long to be with and long to share with this city Five stars, would recommend, (laughs) would go. Thanks be to God for that. Let's pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for this place and for what, not just what we aspire for it to be, but for you, for what you want it to be, for its future, 
for the place you're calling it to, for the attitude you're trying to instill in each one of us, for the ways that you're trying to bind us together across our differences, across our disparate places of background and belonging, into a place of abundance, of holiness, of love, of provision, of life, of that promise you've given each one of us, life forevermore. Keep calling us to it. Keep drawing us to it. Make us mindful of it in every moment. How good and pleasant that would be to be your people, shoulder to shoulder in this place, that when we can leave here, we can tell others about it. We ask all of this and thank you for all of it. In Jesus' name, amen.